Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya After conquering the three worlds, Soma, the moon god, performed a great sacrifice known as the Rajasuya. Because he was very much puffed up, he forcibly kidnapped Brihaspati's wife, whose name was Tara. Yadasadeva Guruna Yachito Bakshnasomadat Natya Jatat Krite Yagye Suradana Bhavigraha. Although requested again and again by Brihaspati, the spiritual master of the demigods, Soma did not return Tara. This was due to his false pride. Consequently, a fight ensued between the demons and the demigods. Sukrabrihaspateradveshad agrahit sasurodupam haroguru sutam snehat sarvabhuta ganabrita because of enmity between Brihaspati and Shukra, Shukra took the side of the moon god and was joined by the demons. But Lord Shiva, because of affection for the son of his spiritual master, joined the son of Brihaspati, who was accompanied by all the ghosts and hobgoblins. Purport, the moon god is one of the demigods, but to fight against the other demigods, he took the assistance of the demons. Shukra, being an enemy of Brihaspati, also joined the mood god to retaliate in wrath against Brihaspati. To counteract this situation, Lord Shiva, who was affectionate toward Brihaspati, joined Brihaspati. And the father Brihaspati was Ang- the father of Brihaspati was Angira from whom Lord Shiva had received knowledge. Therefore, Lord Shiva had some affection for Brihaspati and joined his side in the fight. Sridhar Swami remarks, Lord Shiva is well known to have received knowledge from Angira. A nice example illustrating the dangers which Queen Kunti in the Srimad Bhagavatam warns us to be very aware. She explains that the greatest disqualifications for spiritual advancement is a high birth, physical beauty, wealth, 
and good education. Because although these things are oftentimes the result of past pious activities, they have a tendency to make one proud. And in pride, one is no longer guided by the intelligence of the Supreme Personality of Godhead, but one is cast into illusion. So here we find the story of Soma, such a very, very exalted personality who could calculate his birth. It is described here by Shukadeva Goswami that the original personality within this universe is Lord Brahma, who was Atma Bhu. He had no worldly father or mother, but he was born directly from Garbhodakshayi Vishnu, from a beautiful celestial lotus flower that sprung from the navel of the Lord. And Lord Brahma was imparted all transcendental knowledge by Krishna, both material and spiritual, in every subject matter. So we may think we have high birth, but who can have a higher birth than Lord Brahma? Directly born from God's own body in such a miraculous way. And one of the first and original sons of Lord Brahma was Atri Muni. And it is described here that Atri Muni, he possessed all the qualifications of his father. In every way, he had the divine attributes of Brahma himself. And Atri Muni, in his great ecstasy of divine love, he began to shed tears of jubilation. And from those sacred and holy tears of this great, great saintly person was born Soma. So he had very high birth. And of course, because he was the son of such a great, great devotee as Atri Muni, with a grandfather like Lord Brahma, he was possessed with the highest types of knowledge in all fields of education. It is also described here that his physical beauty was unexcelled. And of course, it is described that his beauty and his strength were so great that he conquered the universe. That means his wealth was unparalleled. So these four material qualifications, high birth, beauty, knowledge, and wealth, Soma had to an unparalleled degree in this world, in this universe. But, as Queen Kunti warns, that these things have a tendency to make one proud. And therefore, When one becomes proud, one becomes possessed with this great illusion that there is no one more worthy of enjoying 
the facilities of this world more than me. Whatever is good, whatever is wholesome, whatever is most pleasurable, I deserve most. And such a person, he cannot tolerate when someone else has something better. From pride, envy is born. You see, when you're humble, there's nothing to be envious of. When you're humble, you do not think you deserve anything. You think everyone else is better than you. So in a humble state of mind, if somebody else has something and you have nothing, you think, yes, this is correct. This is proper justice. This is the way it should be. But you, if you are proud, you cannot bear it. Why he has this? Why not me? Why this person is getting credit? Why not me? Why this person is getting respect? Why not me? Why this person has this, has this wealth? Why not me? Because envious is born of false pride. We cannot tolerate seeing someone else exceeding us on any level. And this goes uh, not only to the, to the low-class criminals and thieves who are constantly declaring war with one another, either on the streets, in the villages, or in the name of politics, but even up to, to very, very exalted uh, yogis and even the exalted demigods. Sometimes when they fall victim to this pride, we find enmity and envy amongst each other. So here it is described uh, that Soma, he performed the Rajasuya Jagya. That is the greatest of all the Jagyas. Until you conquer the entire world, you are not allowed to perform the Rajasuya Jagya. First, every other king, every other ruler has to admit that they are subordinate to you. Then you could perform the Rajasuya Yagya. Ah, but he became so puffed up, being attracted by the beautiful wife of Brihaspati, Tara, who happens to be the spiritual master of all the demigods. And Soma was a demigod. He was stealing the wife of his own guru because he was thinking that no one is more qualified than me. And she is so wonderful and so beautiful that no one has a right to enjoy her except me. So he engaged in his most abominable activity. And of course, Brihaspati, being indignated by this atrocity, he decided to fight back for his wife. And he declared war. And there ensued a great fight between Soma and Brihaspati. And in this battle, it is described Sukracharya, who is the guru for the demons, he seized the opportunity. He saw, oh, there's a fight. Soma is so powerful. He's the greatest conqueror on earth. He has declared war against Brihaspati. All the demigods will join Brihaspati. So I will bring all my demons and join behind Soma. Just this is, this is the way we can get at the demigods. Sukracharya in this story is a great opportunist. Here we find 
the demigods, they were assisted by Lord Shankar because Lord Shankar was very fond of Angira Muni, who was his Shiksha Guru. And therefore, naturally, he was very much indebted to Angira Muni, and he was obliged from his heart to help his beloved son, Brihaspati. Uh, Soma is a demigod. But in order to fulfill his desire for sense gratification, in order to gain the object of his great worldly affection, Tara, he was willing to join up with demons. And although the demons are natural enemies of Soma, who happens to be a demigod, they were willing to work with Brihaspati, I mean with Soma, just because they had a common enemy to kill. So, this is amongst very exalted persons. Whether we are demigods, whether we are devotees, if we maintain material attachment, if we do not really, really diligently strive to purify ourselves of this enemy of pride, then eventually it will create a breakdown of love and trust and it will create fighting, quarrel, and envy amongst one another. It is a fact. We find in spiritual circles throughout history there has been great en envy and fighting even amongst god-brothers, god-sisters of the same religion or the same sampradaya. This is because those persons, certain persons, although practicing very strictly the religious rituals and learning very scrutinizingly the religious philosophy and although oftentimes such persons uh, they are really really dedicated to the mission of propagating those rituals and that philosophy they never really humble themselves to strive become purified from false pride. And unless you very, very diligently strive to become purified of false pride, that pride will creep into your spiritual life and cause you to be envious and inimical toward other devotees. This is the greatest danger. Srila Prabhupada used to tell us that Maya cannot harm us in any way by attacking outside. All of our outside attacks could only make us stronger if we are sincere. It cannot break us. But when she attacks from within, and attacking from within, what it really means is from within our own minds. When she drops the seed of dissent, and then jealousy within our minds that creates when she that creates a, a, a sense of pride, a sense of competition on a worldly level. Where for the where for the purpose of obtaining land, control, influence, money, support. 
we start to spread lying propaganda against each other and ultimately it becomes a fight, it becomes a war, it becomes a struggle of power. And then in order to deal with the struggle of power there has to be so much diplomacy, so much politics, then nobody really knows what's true and what's not true. Then there becomes the polarization where you have to make a choice, you're either on this side or that side, you can't be in the middle anymore. And then there's just a total breakdown in love and trust and the mission is crippled because it is love and trust amongst the devotees of the Lord that, that attracts the empowerment of the Lord and gives potency. So we have to be extremely cautious and careful that wherever we see this type of lying propaganda, wherever we see the criticism of devotees, wherever we see this um, seed of dissent toward others because they have something that we don't have, we have to immediately stamp it out. We have to stamp it out within our own hearts and minds, but we have to stamp it out within the hearts and minds of others. Otherwise, everything will be spoiled. Here we have one of the most prominent of all the demigods in his own Gurudev fighting, simply due to attachment to sense gratification. And don't think this doesn't happen. Maya is very powerful, and Maya is all pervading in this world. And if we are not very careful, if we are not very strict in our sadhana, and that's not enough. Being strict in your sadhana is very important. But being very strict in your sadhana is also very dangerous. Because if you're more strict than others, you start thinking, I'm better than them. And again, pride. You start becoming, I have done so much. I, I rise early every morning. I eat practically nothing. I, I study the scripture. I chant so many rounds every day of the Hare Krishna mantra. I'm very exalted Vaishnava and someone else is getting more respect than me? Impossible. Intolerable. Destroy him. He's a rascal. He's a pretender. Did you hear what he did? I know. I have inside information. <laughs> of course he has inside information. Maya is speaking from within his mind. He has inside information. <laughs> So this is all, this is the tendency that, can, that will come in all of our lives. So we must be very strict in our sadhana. If we're not very strict in our sadhana, then maya is going to just sweep away our mind. That is a fact. But at the same time, even if we're very strict in our sadhana, that is a prerequisite. We're finished if we're not strict in our sadhana. But even strict in our sadhana, on that basis, Maya is so subtle and so expert that she can steal away our minds and make us proud. Therefore, we have to be very strict in our sadhana, and at the same time, we have to cultivate more than anything else humble service to the Vaishnavas. It is when we accept the position of humble service to the Vaishnavas, give all credit to them, expect none in return, as an austerity. That along with strict sadhana, 
that sanana means great adherence to the order of the spiritual master. Then we will be protected from these tendencies of maya. Then maya from within our own mind and heart will be helpless. As long as we're strictly following the principles and accepting the humble position of the servant of the servant of our Guru Maharaj, then maya is powerless to do anything to us. She could tempt us, she could taunt us, she could try to disturb us and agitate us, but she's like a serpent without any teeth. She cannot harm us. Hmm? Sometimes we're so, maya is so cunning through us that if we see somebody having some fault and we're, we do have an envy toward that person, we, we, we give information to that person's enemy, his worst enemy, and we justify, well, I'm just telling this person so maybe he could help him. Knowing that this person will use this information to destroy him. No, no, he, actually it's true, so I have to tell somebody because we have to help him. If you actually want to help someone, you don't tell any, even if you see that person has a flaw, even if he really and truly is wrong. You tell, you tell somebody who you are convinced has no malice, has no envy, who's really a well-wisher of that person. If you have that position yourself, you can talk to that person. Otherwise, you tell someone who's really in a position to help and don't tell anybody else. That is called love and trust. That means you want to help the person. But Maya was in our heart. She was very wicked, very cruel. Not only to the person, but to us. As soon as we see something, we just cannot restrain our senses from just glorifying the, the downfall of another. Down, glorifying the, the, the faults of another. Like this as if we have five mouths, we just want to speak it. This is the unfortunate condition. Lord Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, whenever he wanted to glorify his devotees, he did so with so much enthusiasm, it was as if he had five mouths. Well, Maya can make us like that also. When she wants us to find faults with other devotees, we have five mouths. We're just speaking it everywhere. Did you hear? Did you hear? I have seen with my own eyes. Ah, I have heard with my own ears. This is a very great danger. And it is born of pride. If someone is really cultivating the humble service of the Vaishnavas, he cannot do such things. Not possible. So we are about to read on in this narration of the Srimad Bhagavatam of this great war that took place between Brihaspati and Soma over Tara. And it's an interesting battle. Uh, I will not explain to you what is about to happen, just to make sure that all of you come same time, same place tomorrow for Srimad Bhagavatam class. But it's a very incredible, wonderful um, incident that's about to happen, very revealing. But we see from the highest to the lowest, whoever we are, even if we're on the level of the greatest of the demigods, false pride pollutes and wastes 
all the good qualities that we have. Even the greatest apparent devotee who can do everything so well for Krishna, if it's contaminated by pride, in Krishna's eyes it's all useless. Even Lord Brahma himself, when he became a little proud by Krishna's arrangement, Krishna humiliated him. And then, our, then Brahma, when he came to his senses, he understood that however great I was, a little bit of pride completely spoiled everything. If you are, if you are doing all your devotional activities very nice, it's like a big pot of sweet rice. But if there's a little pride, it's like a drop of poison, which just ruins everything. What Prabhupada says, a drop of, a, a, if you put sand in sweet rice, that sand makes the whole thing unpalatable. So similarly, pride makes our whole service unpalatable. Whatever, however great it is, Krishna doesn't care. He only is concerned with the humble service attitude. So of course we all have pride. I mean, for most of us, there's like a spoonful of sweet rice and, and, and a kilo of sand mixed together. Huh? A kilo. <laughs> most of us are in that predicament. But if we're sincerely striving if we really are sincerely striving to be the servant of the Vaishnavas and give up that pride, then Krishna will simply taste that teaspoon of sweet rice. He will disregard the kilo of sand or pride. If we are sincerely struggling with trying, being awake in this regard. Because Krishna sees our desire. We're talking about being free from pride. Who's free from pride? If such great souls are not free from pride, what is our position? Our position is to strive. They are falling down because they are not striving to be free from pride. They may have a little, but they're feeding it, they're nourishing it. So however proud we may be, however much maya is filling our heart with this tendency, if we simply, with our intelligence and the order of guru, pray, Krishna, just let me be the humble servant. Please free me from these tendencies to find fault with others. And we sincerely and honestly engage in the humble service of the Vaishnavas with the intent of attracting Krishna's mercy to free me from the shackles of false pride. And we perform our sadhana very strictly praying to Krishna, please, let this purify me from my false pride. If that is our desire, if that is our intent, if that is our pursuit, then maya cannot, cannot conquer us. We will be protected by Guru and Krishna's grace in all directions at all times. When the when when Vasudev the leper received the mercy of the Lord, Vasudev, who had great leprosy, after being embraced by Lord Chaitanya, was thinking, now I'm very much afraid because you've given me such mercy, now I can become proud. But look, I have received more mercy than others. He performed a miracle on me. He said, better, I, I'm better off with leprosy. 
than being proud that I received your special mercy. So please, we beg Lord Chaitanya, please tell me how I can never fall victim to pride. Because he was begging in that way, Lord Chaitanya empowered him. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu told him, because you desire this so much, I will tell you. You always chant Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Ram, Hare Ram, Ram Ram, Hare Hare. And you always be the servant of the servant by enlightening whoever you see in the message of Krishna consciousness. And you will never fall victim to pride, ever. So in the same way, if we really aspire in this way, Krishna will empower us through the chanting of the holy name and the service of the Vaishnavas. Thank you very much. Is there any questions? should we do? Exactly what we just explained. First of all, you should pray to Krishna that it is not, whatever defect that person has is not even a drop compared to the ocean of defect that is manifesting in my heart by being critical or envious of him. Even if this person is wrong, I'm a million times wrong by criticizing and being envious of him. Before pointing one finger at another, look at the three pointing to yourself. Huh? Jesus Christ said, before pointing out the speck in another's eye, take the mountain out of your own eye. Huh? So we have to strive in that way. We have to pray in that way. And again, that prayer will be manifest through becoming the humble servant, through really striving and struggling to just be the humble servant of the devotees, to perform the sacrifice of not taking credit for anything oneself and giving that credit to someone else. Give it to the person you're envious of. Give him the credit. Huh? It's a great austerity. It's more difficult than standing on your toes and like you're on your kashifu for a thousand celestial years to give credit to someone you're envious of. Huh? But that kind of austerity will please Krishna. Amani namana dena kirtaniya sadahari. Offer all respect to others, expect none in return. We have to strive in that way. And if we are sincere, Krishna will empower us. He will help us for sure. And ultimately, by chanting the Hare Krishna mantra with this motivation in our life, the mantra itself will purify us of all pride. Hmm? Is it that uh, the envy which we have against Sri Radha and Krishna also, the Lord's arranging to show us that envy? She's revealing. Unless something is revealed, it cannot be dealt with. If a disease remains latent in you, it just gets worse and worse and worse and you don't even know it's there. But when that disease is revealed, you can treat it. It's a benediction. Huh?
Then the holy name will have its full effect. But ultimately it's the holy name that will purify us of all our anartas. But unless we are striving in this way, we are not really attracting Krishna to reveal the real potency of his name to purify us of these anartas. Humble service of the Lord is what attracts Krishna to truly manifest himself within his name. Any other questions or? Always from today's class. Huh? Hmm. What austerity is thousands of times more difficult than standing on your toes for a thousand celestial years in the mood of Hiranyakashipu? Especially what others? Sukracharya was a demon. Why did he take the side of a demigod? Next question. <laughs> when will you put your feet on my head? <laughs> Why you are not answering? <laughs> 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 I don't 